Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Many of the stories and events in the life of Jesus teach many, many things. And in Luke chapter 5, there's a story about the men who were following Christ fishing and not catching anything. And in chapter 5, verse 4, Jesus said, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. You know, Peter was always speaking up quickly, and he said, We fished all night. There's no need of it. But Jesus said, Go ahead. And so nevertheless, they did that, and they let down their nets, and they caught so many that the boats began to sink. And their conversation continues, but then in verse 10 of chapter 5, Jesus says this to these men, And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Jesus used that opportunity to show what the mission of the church is, and that is to bring others into the kingdom. This is Bert Harper along with Nathan Harper, and we want to talk about this today, the church launching out, uh, launching out into the deep, doing different things that would cause us to be missional in our purpose. Nathan, when I read this story and then I read that conclusion, do not be afraid, for for now, from now on you will catch men, it really puts that in perspective of what the church is to be about and and looking under the fields that are ready. Uh, Jesus used that illustration. You look at the fields that are white to harvest. Uh, they're ready. So the church needs to launch out where they are. They need to launch out around them. They need to launch out into the areas, the deep, where they haven't been before. The church is just to be on mission for God, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's interesting that Jesus had to remind Peter to not be afraid, you know, um, and it was because they were in the they were in the deep end, if you will, uh, where it was dangerous and it was risky, and uh, it it could you know it, there could be some bad. I mean, the boats were sinking, you know. So, um, just like Peter, we and churches can can be fearful. Uh, we'd rather cl- stay close to the to the shallow end, right? Uh, yes. Where it's not as not as risky. Yeah. Yeah, the fruit uh, if you if you take that to the a tree, the fruits out on the end of the limb, not real close to the trunk. You have to go out on the limb. And so God is always sharing that. That reminds me of Jesus must go through Samaria. Now, no good Jew did that when they were leaving the southern part province to go to the northern part of Galilee. They'd cross over the river and go up on the other side and then cross over again to get into Galilee, but not Jesus. He took those men straight through Samaria, and that was God. That's how he does things. He would take them to a place where, uh, you know, the whole thing was, was scary, 
and and let them see that uh, Caesarea Philippi, uh, where supposedly the God of Pan would come in and out, and Jesus took them there to show that they had nothing to fear, that God's power yeah. and kingdom is strong and greater than all. So yeah, even I, the, the gates of hell could not stand against That's it. exactly what he said, and that was the word. But, you know, we're living in a day when people are asking, does the church have relevance today? Uh, you know, we have other organizations that help people. Uh, many years ago, the church, especially in, in towns no matter or neighborhoods or in the country, the church is where people met and they would share and they would talk and because they didn't have telephones, they sure didn't have the Internet, they sure couldn't text or anything like that. They didn't have television to watch. They might have the radio, but the church was the primary focus of, of, of social issues and events in that day. The church no longer is the only one in town that does that. Also, the church was the place where people went and helped. But we have service organizations today, those that help those that are blind, those that help those who are having all kinds of difficulty. Plus, the government has become the one that is to take care of people. So the big issue is, is the church still relevant today? Nathan, I'd ask this question. Is there something that the church does that none of these does or can do? Well, those are important things for the church to do, um, and they can facilitate uh, the overall mission of what the church has been given to do. But to make disciples of Jesus, you know, only only the church, only other disciples can do that. And, you know, that's what Jesus was telling Peter in uh in Luke five, you know, you got to catch men, and uh, that's that's our uh, that's our primary task. Uh, the Great Commission that we read every time that is read each time that Exploring Mission comes on, go make disciples. Uh, that's not the purpose of government. That's not the purpose of service clubs. Uh, it's just not. But it is the primary purpose of the church to make disciples. And so that's why we want to talk about this today, because we want the church to get on board. The church, local church, should be missional in every way. And Nathan, as you said, feeding people, clothing people, helping one another, having organizations that would bring people together, the church can help do that. But in doing that, their primary focus is to share the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to first talk about the church's goals uh, you know, uh, it is the place uh, that that people should come, and 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 that is what the church is to do. It's people come, but people go out from the church to tell others about Jesus. Uh, I remember sharing this illustration, and you may can relate it as well. You know, used to they only had warehouses. And that is a place where things would come in and they would store them on shelves and they would put them there and they would keep them there until some people ordered it. But then some bigger organizations came along and they have what is called distribution centers. It's not a warehouse. It's not where they store things. It's where they bring those things and then distribute it to other uh, stores, other distribution points. The church is, shouldn't be a warehouse. It needs to be more of a distribution center. You catch my analogy? Yeah, it's not there to stay. It's there to, 
to move along. It is. And so the the church's goals, the first thing that God says for us to do, Matthew 22, 37. And uh, Nathan, if you find that, I'll get you to read it. But while you're uh, getting it, Matthew 22, 37, this is the primary focus of the church. And uh, it is that important. Uh, people will take notice about Jesus. Uh, The Bible says they'll see our good works and glorify the Father who's in heaven. So Matthew 22, 37 kind of sets the command for what followers of Christ are to do, doesn't it? It does. It says, uh, Jesus said to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. You know, and he said this is the first commandment. Uh, A church really we come together when we worship. We come to celebrate what Christ has done in his redemption, the resurrection, uh, the power of Jesus Christ. But we go out energized, still sharing that, the love of Jesus Christ, that they could see the love of Christ in us. And, and everything we do, everything that the church does should be missional with that purpose, Nathan. You know, uh, the songs we sing, if they have small groups, the small groups, uh, it should center around our love for Christ, should it not? It should. It's not just an uh, individualistic thing. Uh, if it's God's love, it's, it's, it's too big to keep to yourself. It's got to be spread and shared. But the second commandment was to love one another. You know, 1 John 4.11 says it this way, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Uh, One of the key phrases that you'll find all through the Bible, not just in the Gospels, but also in the letters, is one another. Love one another. Care for one another. Be kind to one another. So the saints, uh, the followers of Christ, uh, should love one another. Uh, You know, and, you know, we can't always agree but we don't have to be disagreeable. You know, uh, doing these programs on exploring missions and the other program that I do, Exploring the Word, uh, you know, we have people who are from different denominations, but when you're a follower of Jesus Christ, that is first and foremost, that making much of Him. So we might disagree on a few of the things, but we need to agree to love Jesus and love one another, don't we? Absolutely. You know, we, we might all have different perspectives on things, but we follow the same person. You know, we're following Jesus. And if he's your Lord and he's my Lord, then there's that love that he gives us to love one another. And, you know, if there's a problem with um, our love for one another, it's probably a sign that we have a, an issue with our love relationship with, with the Lord. That's convicting, Nathan, uh, you know, and uh we got some people that are are not as lovable as others, but those are the ones that I think we are called on to go an extra mile. Matter of fact, Galatians 6.10 says it this way, as we have opportunity, let us do good unto all men. That's to everybody, but especially to those who are the household of faith. I mean, take the opportunity to encourage and bless but we not only love Jesus and love one another, but also I, I think there's that need of loving others. You know, the others that we're talking about, those that are not saved, they're not part of the fellowship. Uh, one of the things that Paul did was in Romans 10, 1, 
And and I always find that amazing, Nathan, that Paul, uh, he was a, an apostle, and later on it was to the Gentiles. But guess what? He never lost his love for his Jewish brethren. He expressed that in Romans 10, 1, did he not? He does. It says, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God concerning them is for their salvation. Nathan, we, we need to look and see that as best we can, love one another. Now, used to in in society that I talked about earlier, the church being the center of everything, uh, a lot of people came to church because there wasn't any other thing to do. I remember my dad talking about it when he was, he was growing up. He said there wasn't anything else to do but to go to church. So lost folks and everybody went to church, and they would hear the gospel. Many of them would be saved, but in our day, uh, yeah, some of them come, and we're thankful for that. But that's the reason I think the Great Commission, it says, go and make disciples. At, and really, it's as you go, isn't it? It is as you go. And, you know, reading this verse and thinking about what you're saying, um, you can kind of turn it in a different perspective in the sense that, you know, we kind of expect uh, the world, the lost people, uh, to come to church, and we're disappointed when that doesn't happen. But we're the ones who are supposed to have, like Paul said, a heart's desire is for them, you know, concerning them and their salvation. You know, is that our heart's desire or do we have heart desires for uh, lots of other things? You know, lost people can have lots of other things they're doing on a Sunday morning or lots of other interests. Why do we have other interests? Why should our interests be something other than, like Paul said, their salvation and their concern for them? So these are the church's goals, and you need to examine your your own goals personally. Uh, the a church where you attend with other believers, man, we need to love Jesus. We need to love one another, and we need to love those that are without. But when we do that, we have a guide that demonstrates. Uh, I would say a guide. We have two. Uh, you know, Second Timothy chapter three. Verses 15 through 17. Nathan, look that up while I set this up. But the Word of God is a sure word. And and that's why uh, Jesus told Peter, he said, Peter, feed my sheep. It is the Word of God. Uh, the Word of God is, is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it goes forth to accomplish all that God sends it forth to do. So it is the Word of God, and the church stands on the Word. We don't worship the Bible. We worship the God of the Bible. And when we know the God of the Bible, it changes our lives, and He becomes our guide. One of the greatest places that we know that is in uh, 2 Timothy 3, 15, 16, and 17. Would you read that, Nath? It says, And you know that from childhood— you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That is the word of God that's able to do that. And and the neat part of that, Paul was writing to Timothy and say, Timothy, you've experienced that. That's been a part of your life, and it's able to make you wise unto salvation. 
The Word of God is that powerful and that quick. Uh, it makes me think of Psalm 119, verses 105. By the way, Psalm 119, the longest chapter, the way it's divided in the Bible. But it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Nathan, that's the Word of God. We need to hide it in our heart, do we not? Yeah, God doesn't save us just to leave us in the dark and, and trying to figure things out and do life on our own. Uh, he gives us the Holy Spirit, and He gives us His Word uh, as we read and study and put into practice His Word. The Holy Spirit will empower us, and yeah, He will become that guide through His words uh, for our whole life. Uh, wherever we are in our lives, uh, He's that He's our guide. Isn't it amazing how the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and impresses us? Uh, guides us. Listen to this scripture in John 16, 13. We're talking about the church being guided, and we're we're in 2021 that we are in. Uh, we need God's guidance in our lives to make decisions on what to do because it is very difficult to navigate, but we have the Word of God as best we can follow it, but we also have the Spirit of God. John 16, 13 says it this way, How be it when the Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, Jesus says. The Holy Spirit coming into our lives, and as you said earlier, he can guide us. He can make, really, the the Holy Spirit can make the Word of God come alive to us, can he? Oh, absolutely. I got a quick story that illustrates that, if you, if you yes, don't mind. Yes, go right ahead. Uh, several years ago, working with... Uh, with international folks uh, uh, in a big city, we had um, one of our team members, a young lady, who was uh, sharing the gospel with uh, a couple of uh, sisters who were uh, the, they were Muslim ladies, and uh, she, they were they were willing to read the Bible, and she had a Bible uh, printed in these ladies' uh, heart language where they could read and understand it, but they couldn't understand it. They would read, and they, they were educated; they could they understood how to read and but they couldn't understand uh, the Bible. Um, fast forward a, a, a several weeks and months, and they put their trust and faith in Jesus upon hearing and understanding the gospel. And immediately, the very that very night, they picked up the Bible again, and they could understand it uh, in their hearts for the very first time. It was the Holy Spirit living, indwelling them, uh, illuminating His Word uh, to come alive in their hearts. And that's what God wants to do in your life. Uh, you may come upon this program by accident, and you're listening just a little bit. It's the Spirit of God in your life. He'll lead you to this this great relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's a living relationship because Jesus did die on the cross, but he rose again. And matter of fact, the Bible says he's at the right hand of the Father, ready to make intercession for you if you would place your faith in Christ. And that is the power of God, the Word of God. It becomes alive in your heart. The church's guide is the Word of God. It is the Spirit of of God. Nathan, on Paul's second missionary journey, some of my favorite passages in the Bible, the last part of 15, Acts 15 and 16, uh, they were going out on their second missionary journey, Paul and Barnabas, but they decided not to. So Paul took Silas, so he had new personnel. And then 
at the first place he stopped, he, he gets Timothy, and Timothy comes on board. And then not f- too long ago, the physician Luke would join them. So they had a whole new personnel. So there was a change of personnel. But then they were determined to go north. They were in modern-day Turkey, and they wanted to go north. But it says that the Spirit of God hindered them. And it was two nights in a row, and uh, I think Paul must have been frustrated. So the Lord gave him a vision, and he saw a man, and the Scripture says a man from Macedonia saying, come over here. Today it's referred to very commonly the Macedonia call. But it was the Holy Spirit guiding him, and he left Asia Asia Minor, the continent of Asia, went across and he came into Europe where the word of God would explode during that period of time. So the guidance of the Holy Spirit is so valuable. So God changed the personnel, but then he changed the direction. We need to be led by the Spirit of God. We might need to change our direction, Nathan. Yeah, I mean— we, you know, what what's one of the marks of a of a good missionary is that they're flexible and they're nimble on their feet, um, and that comes from listening and obeying the Holy Spirit as He guides us. And not only does the church have goals to carry out the mission of God, the guide, the Word of God, the Spirit of God to carry out the vision that God has called him to launch out into the deep to go to those difficult places, to go to those places that uh, sometimes we had rather not go, but he leads us, so we're willing to go. But God has gifted us with salvation. That's the first thing. That Salvation is a gift, and it's a gift that we can share with others, and they can get Christ as their Savior. Listen to this, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It is well known, for by grace are you saved through faith, that is not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We've been given the greatest gift in the world not to keep, although we do are able to keep it through the power of the Holy Spirit, but we're to share it. And so the church is part of the church's gift is knowing where they stand with God, and that is in salvation. But then God also gives the church spiritual gifts. Uh, These gifts that God gives us enables us to do the two things that we're to do in the church's goals, and that is to love one another, strengthen one another, and to love others, Nathan. That's the power of the Holy Spirit as he brings on the spiritual gifts into our lives. Let me read 1 Corinthians 12, 11. All these work, the spiritual gifts, all these work that one and of the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man as he will, every born-again believer, they've received the gift, that is salvation, but they've also received a gift, spiritual gifts, and it's used to encourage the church and to win the lost, aren't they? Is that's the reason they're given, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about it, just the spiritual gifts are really an extension of the gift of salvation. You know, it's that working it out uh, in fear and trembling uh, as as God works it in you. And so the gifts, uh, the spiritual gifts, uh, is is what we want to call them, um, are for uh, sharing in the that salvation life, that eternal kind of life that God gives us through Christ is sharing that with one another as fellow believers, brothers and sisters in the church, but sharing that as good news to the world around us. 
So going back to Luke 5, 4, when Jesus told them, let down your nets, and they did, and they caught so many, the boats began to sink, and then Jesus went ahead and said, I want to make you fishers of men. But as you made very important mention of that, he first said, don't be afraid. So what we're asking you to do today, don't be afraid to launch out, to go uh, the where God has guided you to. We've shared that. Peter and those men, they were fishermen, but they launched out into the deep. That was a little more than they usually are asked to do, but they did. And when they got there, they were blessed. Also, the church, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you're not going along. The Spirit of God dwells in you, and He will guide you. He will help you. He will strengthen you. Matter of fact, uh, Nathan, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit would help you with your speech even. He'll tell you what to say when you come to those places. Uh, so we're not alone, are we? No, absolutely not. You know, and as that's the thing about knowing um, and, um, you know, like being uh, sure, assured of God's presence uh, that he's with us is if we're actually obeying what he's given us to do. You know, he tells us in the Great Commission that we're to go and make disciples of all the nations and and then he's going to be with us. You know, he's not going to leave us. He'll he'll be with us wherever we go. Uh, so, really understanding and um, I guess noticing and feeling God's presence at work in our lives is sort of contingent upon us being obedient to that command of of loving others and making disciples of others. I want to finish with this, you know, story that I heard about. A, a man that was going through town and his wife began to have some pains in her chest and she saw the big H, you know, that means for a hospital. And so he got off the main road and followed those signs, went into a parking lot and he got out and he noticed the doors to this building were locked. And there was a guard that came around to the side and he said, this says it's the hospital. I said, oh no, it's closed. It's moved over there. And he said, we should have taken down your signs. And the policeman or, or the guard helped him get it, uh, the, his wife to the real hospital, and they were able to help him. But he was complaining about having those signs up that really were not true. And I, I relate that to the church. Every church that I've been at, and I've been to many, 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 they have a sign outside, Nathan. And if you're going to be a church, you need to be a church. It means you love Jesus. It does mean that you love one another, and it means you're concerned and love those that need to know Christ. And if you're not going to do that, somebody said you need to take your sign down. You know, there's some yeah. truth in that, isn't there? I believe there is. And so today we're asking you, you know, launch out into the deep. I don't know where God's leading you to. Uh, it could be a foreign field. It could be a short-term mission effort. It could be down the street, but it could be somewhere. And you have the assurance that God's Holy Spirit goes before you and with you. And so we have that confidence. And when we have that confidence, guess what, Nathan? We can launch out into the deep. Yeah, so, and we don't have to be afraid either. Do not fear. And so we pray that God would bless you today and uh, you would launch out yourself and you say, well, nobody will go with me. Well, the Holy Spirit's with you. And most of the time when people see you, they'll catch the vision and they'll follow you the way Silas went with Paul and they would change the world. 
Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. This has been Bert Harper and Nathan Harper thanking you for sharing the gospel with those that need to know of the good news of Jesus Christ.